0: In a little while, and so I I I like doing it. Uh, I also like some gaps in between because this message kind of took me a while to put together, and so it's great to have that time to kind of put together something. I used to speak a lot more casually, and the more I thought about it, the more I went to some of these pastors' conferences. I've been really careful about what I'm saying, so I've really moved to trying to write out what I'm saying because I think I I said a lot of things that weren't right, weren't true. Uh, Over time, you start to realize that you listen to really good preachers and they're very thorough, and so it's kind of humbled me and slowed me down. Um, I was very passionate, but then people are like, I enjoyed your passion. I'm like, did you learn anything? You know, I enjoyed your passion. Okay, we need to work on the learning part. So, Um, but it is is good to be with you. It's a pleasure to be back at Sherman. Um, Thank you for being a family to us over the years and supporting our family in ministry at Miracle Mountain Ranch. Uh, the ranch has is, is operated as a summer camp for over 50 years, for over 50 years. It's also home to uh, the retreat facilities and, and youth camp, and then the school discipleship program, uh, which you get to see firsthand. These are students, and we're proud of them, and, and um, I'm thankful they have come up here and come involved. You won't be able to see them quite as much, because our time of intense ministry we operate all year round, but the intense aspect of our ministry really starts even next week. We have a father-daughter retreat. I believe there's something every single week, if not weekend, from now until about October. So it gets really busy. So I'm still uh, able to pull away for some of those things, but the students aren't always able to. So they'll be a little bit more hit and miss. So with that said, we just we invite you to come down. You know, every week during summer camp on Friday evening, we have a. Uh, session where Matt Cox preaches from the back of his steer or horse and we share the gospel and we have a time of uh, fellowship. There's, there's food and stuff like that. And we invite you guys to come around just walk around the ranch. If you've got little kids, it's great to come come around and see the critter Crow and, and those things. So we would just invite you down over the summer of ministry. It's almost like Chautauqua. They always have the speakers there and we always have our, our rodeo at the end of the week on Friday at 530. We'd love for you guys to come down feel welcome to do that we'd love to love to have you but thank you for supporting us i want to say something too about other camps in the area Uh, i'm president of the allegheny district of christian camps that represents about 30 to 40 camps uh in new york and pennsylvania and so we have a heart for camp ministry period and whether that's at miracle mountain ranch or some of the 30 or so other camps that i'm associated with through this um Every one of those has their different flavors and different ways to reach the gospel. But the truth is, there's not enough camps to reach the number of kids that need to be reached for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So know that. And we are passionate about these other camps, very passionate about them uh, if they're sharing the gospel because we can't do it alone. And we hope that other uh, camps will even start discipleship programs and that will keep spreading. It's like you don't want one church in the state of New York. You know you need a lot of them because they need to be in those communities where people are at so we are pro camp uh, pro the other camps that are around and so we just want to you know definitely support them in that um, let's uh, let's pray and, and we'll get started I, for the young people that are in here if I'm still preaching if I'm still preaching at 12 o'clock I want everybody to stand up and I'll quit okay so if I'm still preaching at 12 o'clock you stand up and I'll close and pray. It might take me 10 minutes to close, but I'll, I'll quit. <laughs> you, can, you can hold me to that. Let's pray and we'll start. Heavenly Father, it's a blessing to be, uh, you know, serving, serving in this capacity, uh, able to, to preach. And uh, I enjoy that opportunity and also enjoy just coming here and being ministered to. And, and uh, thank you for, for this being you know, home for us in this capacity and uh, just the ministry to our students and the fellowship. This morning, Lord, we we pray that we would understand better how to love you and to love our neighbor, love those that are around us, because we need help with that. So that's the emphasis, Lord. I pray that you would speak to us through this text in John and throughout the week and throughout this whole missions conference that we would learn how to better love our neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen. I should also say, uh, say... I you know, I'm not paid to say this, but um, I think the Mingis are doing a great job, and, uh, you know, especially the, the music aspect, I was like, uh, that we were closing with a song, I was like, if you can lead that, because it's not my thing, you know, I mean, and so, but um, I think you'll be hard-pressed to find a couple that is more talented in, in music uh, than they are, and I'm just, you know, blessed by that, and, and every week it's, it's fun to, to have that, so... You know, encourage your pastors. The first five years, there's a whole conference, Tim and I were talking about this in Columbus, but the first five years of ministry. That must mean it's hard, you know? And we were talking about how there's not a lot of support for small churches. I preach at a lot of the area small churches. They're not all doing that well. uh, But there's not a lot of things. There's like big conferences and stuff, but we need a lot of help for these little churches. So, um, you know, we're blessed to have a team uh, that's ministering here with us and uh, and pray for those other little churches. But but also, don't forget to encourage and come along. It's easy to have those like, well, if you did it this way, but you also want to have the, you're doing a great job at the same time. So anyhow, let's get started. Turn to your Bibles, please, to John chapter 15, 11 through 17. You may say, <laughs> he, he's preached on that passage every single time that we've had him come uh, speak here. But I um, keep, keep getting things out of it. That's the thing. And so... I'll just keep preaching it until there's nothing left there, and that might be a very long time. I don't know, it was Wesley or some of those guys said, if you don't preach a sermon 100, 100 times or something, it's no good or something like that. But there's this is value in this. There's so much depth here. Let me read this text to you. Please read along with me, John 15:11 through 17. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from the Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit that your fruit should abide. So ask whatever the Father's name it will be given to you. These things I command you so that you, will, so that you will love one another. Let me read that last verse again. These things have I commanded to you that you will love one another. If you abide in Christ and walk in the Holy Spirit and worship Jesus Christ, you will love your God and love your neighbor. Loving your neighbor is a, is a fruit or a result of loving God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, as it says in John uh, there. So I have five points this morning. I think you'll find some of these in your bulletin. Our command is to love Christ and our neighbor. Also, and this is not in your notes, you can add it if you want, we are appointed to bear fruit. We are appointed to bear fruit. There's hardly a clear command given to us in the Old and New Testament than this. This is throughout the Scriptures, and I'll read some of those at the end. So what's, what are we commanded to do? To love God and to love our neighbor. It's very clear. It's very clear. But it's also something that we struggle with, is it not? Anybody have trouble loving this morning, maybe on your way to church, getting all around? Maybe there's somebody this week who's a little obnoxious, maybe very obnoxious. I don't know. It'd be hard to love, can it not? We are only able to do this by the grace of God and His will for our lives. We see this in this morning's passage where it says that God did not choose us I mean, that we did not choose God, but he chose us and appointed us to go and bear fruit. So we pray that he would help us love him and our neighbor, that we would seek to obey these commands. It's also good to understand the whole story in this passage. So just, you know, some context. Where are we at? What's going on? There, where? This is the Passover. He's meeting. This is like the last big pep talk before he... Goes and is crucified on the cross. He has his disciples together. And they didn't get a lot of this stuff. They didn't understand a lot of this stuff. They're like, you're scaring us. You know, you're, what do you mean you're leaving? And he was leaving them with this commission. Their commission for them to go out. He's leaving them with this commission, which is the same commission that we have. And that's namely to love God, abide with him, and to love, to spread that to others. So we kind of get to the the Great Commission. So I thought this morning as we talked about missions, our missions conference and those things, if we don't start here, if we don't love God in our hearts and abide with Him and walk with Him, we we will not have the fruit of missions anywhere else. It starts here, it starts between us and God, and it goes out from there. We've got to understand that, because we just want it to happen. You know, oh, if we just have a missions conference and put up lots of flags and talk about it, we'll, re- we'll be so happy, because we must be doing a good job. Well, look how much money we throw at the problem. We we'll talk about the rich young ruler, how he did all these good things, but he was missing a huge key. And we that could be us. That could be us. That can be... You know, I was listening to a pastor yesterday, and he says, we can prepare messages, we can be preached, but not really be abiding in Christ. We can be at Miracle Mountain and act all this stuff out, and it looks like we're doing all these great things, and, and we're not really seeking the Lord either. And absolutely, he talked about glorifying God with the trades and the things that we have to do, whether that's being an electrician, or a preacher, or a pianist, you know, or whatever, all of those things to the glory of God that we might love him, abide with him, and then that fruit that comes out. But understand, this is not this is not our will. This is we don't want our will. God chose us and appointed us. The Bible says, Not our will, but his will be done. So what do we say when we see that passage and ask whatever you wish? We're like, well, hey, I'd like a hot tub, you know, actually, you know. And a nice car, a pickup truck, could be all these things. You know, I'm just naming all the things I wanted, by the way. And uh, that's what we do. We have these lusts of the flesh that come to mind. We, what I think when we see that passage, we just stop and we go, "Dear Lord, no, not my will, but Your will be done." So we cry out, we pray for the things we ask for is that we would abide in Christ and that He would He would love us. And, and, and we would grow in relationship and then the bare fruit would, would happen. So we pray that He would help us love Him and our neighbor and that we would seek to obey these commands. Number two, point number two. We must share the Gospel with our friends and our neighbors <clears throat> because above all things, they need Christ. They don't merely need friends. They don't merely need a church to come to. They need these things. They need these things. They need food, but above all these things, they're all gonna—they're all gonna pass away. They they don't. I saw this little bird outside of Matt's office, uh, Tim's office, and uh, it kept flying at the window. And you can see it's been flying at the window. The the window is all. You should go in there and, and see this little bird. And it's sitting right in the window. And some of you have seen it. It's hoping in the wrong thing. It sees a whole nother bush. It says, if I could only have that bush, you know. If I could only get through there, I would, and it's false hope. And we do that so many times. We get a hot tub. And we think it's going to be the best thing. Or a truck. Or whatever. Thinking, it's not that those things are always bad. Thinking that they will be, a, you know, a satisfaction to us eternally and they're not this poor little bird just boom 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 i mean just over and over hitting the window i was in there you know working on my message it must drive tim nuts in there you know kim had some solutions for him how he could be you know taken care of he said you could take out the bush <clears throat> our friends need a church to come to they 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 need friends. um. They, they need food. They need shoes. But they also need the gospel. They also need the gospel. And so sometimes we could go so far and never share the gospel. Look how nice I was to them. But did you share the gospel? Did you really lead them to Christ or just kind of do a whole bunch of kind of nice things for them? I've got this little camp that's like, Quite the rubbish, but I'm trying to fix it up. And I've got neighbors for the first time, other than like neighbors, like Nathan and Kelsey are neighbors and stuff like that, but you know, they don't count. No, they count. So I got neighbors in a new sense. And so I'm learning to get to know them and I want to share Christ with them, but I need to share Christ with them and I haven't yet. So I do kind of a plan and I I think there's ways to, as we process towards that, um, and so we start to say, how are ways we can reach our neighbors? Our neighbors need the gospel. No, it is not our job to save them. Do you understand this? This is not our job to to save them. That is God's job. But it is our commission to share God's love and hope. We should share the things that we have seen and experienced in Christ and tell them about our hope, eternal life found through the saving grace of God. If you could be a little bird and and come over and fly over and, and tweet, you would tweet to the bird. That's what the little birds do. And you would tell them, there's no hope found in that window. <laughs> it's, it's a window. You'll never get through there. And we want to do the same thing to our neighbors in a, in a loving way. Maybe not yelling, tweeting too hard, you know. Only so many characters that we want to do that. John, 1 John 1, 1 John 1, you can look it up if you want. Uh, a friend of mine mentioned this passage and thought this would be a fitting passage. I ran this whole message by somebody. Just, to, just to like, does this make sense? Is this, good? Is this biblical, you know? And it was good. We talked about this, and he thought this was a good passage uh, for me. That which was from the beginning, that we have heard, that we have seen with our eyes, and we have looked upon, and we have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life that was made manifest, that we have seen and testified to it and proclaimed to you eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us that we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. Uh, this is echoed in the passage we have. He says, my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. So you go to your neighbors and you say that your joy may be complete. You're sharing the gospel with them, but it says, and this, this is 1 John 1, that we're proclaiming the things we know, the hope, where our hope is. And, and we have this where? From the Father and from Jesus Christ, that our friends, that we might have fellowship with them that we might have Christian fellowship with them and they might have eternal life and their joy may be complete in Christ. We're excited about missions because God has given us a mission to spread the gospel on earth. On earth, This is the natural fruit of us being in right relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. This is the natural fruit of us being in right relationship with Jesus Christ. However, there are times when we are not obedient to this clear direction that Christ has given us. He has commissioned us to go, and we should go. What is God calling you to this morning? To tomorrow? To this week? What is God calling you to do? What is His will? And His will will be found by by reading His Word by praying like they were saying in the little video there that we would seek and say, Dear Lord, just make Your will clear to me. and You'll have that burden of what it is to do. But we do know something about His will. His will is clear in the fact that we are to love Him and to love our neighbor. And I think He gives you creativity to look for ways to do that. If not, like in James says, you can pray for wisdom and He will give it to you. I, I, don't, I don't think That you lack ideas to reach your neighbor. Uh, Only the will to do it. If you think about ways to reach your neighbor, they'll probably come pretty naturally. Number three, point number three. I've only got 15 minutes before they're going to start standing up, so we've got to keep going here. Our churches should be an example of love. Should they not? Our churches should be an example of love. Are our churches always an example of love? No, they're not. Sometimes they're known and and kind of in our culture that paint us as unloving. Why? Because we haven't always been loving. We haven't always been loving. We don't always want to welcome people that need welcomed and need cared for. We're more worried about defending ourselves than loving our neighbor. And then this is something we should be much better at. This church should be known for its love, not its divisiveness in in a community. When our neighbors visit, will they see Christ's love lived out by the fellow Christians, by the fellow believers? The Bible says we are to set an example to others. So the question is, what kind of example are we to others? Do people see Christ in us? Do people see repentance and properly dealing with sin? Do people see us resolving <clears throat> our conflicts and working things out with our neighbors? This is, this is important. So I was at my little thing the other day and I went parked, and I pulled off you know seemingly I was like purposely trying to not annoy anybody just parked kind of like part on the road part not very very carefully. And I'm pulling out I was fishing and I caught a fish and and um I'm leaving and this lady comes out to the middle of the road you know. Oh, it was one of those meetings, you know. Who who what are you doing down here? You know? I was like, "Well, I I, uh, I, have a, I have a camp right there, and, and, and then she, it dawned on her who I was, and I'm a fireman too, and I had uh, talked to her during, we had a flood and stuff, and she kind of you know, backed up, but, but at first it was like going to be a conflict, like what are you doing, she's like that, that's my property down there, what are you doing, you know, parking on my property, I'm sorry, I realized it was your property and looked like kind of the in-between thing, like parking the side of the road, nope, it's her property, so I tried to be gracious in this and build a relationship, and she found out that I have a chicken that lays blue eggs. And she loves blue eggs. So I'm gonna, I've am gonna, i been collecting up the blue eggs. We're going over, um, you know, to the Sears afterwards. And I said, Tony, we can't take the blue eggs because I'm saving the blue eggs. We're going to give the blue eggs. You know, this could be love to this lady. She loves these blue eggs. I think that's what it takes because it's very easy to be like, that rotten person. I'm parked just like kind of, this is in the middle of the country anyhow, you know. And, and come out here and fuss at me for parking there and... Don't you know I've got a camp here and I help out in the community? You know, so I already thought those things. So that's how natural, that's how we get. You know, that person's they're blowing their grass on my yard. How dare do they do that? All these kinds of things. Um, so it it it's uh it's not always easy for us to be an example of love. But but first uh, First Timothy four eleven through thirteen. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity, until I come. Devout yourself to public reading of the Scriptures and exaltation and teaching. So we are to be an example. Also, Philippians, Philippians 27. Let your manner of life be worthy of the Gospel. So whether I come and see see you, or am absent, may I hear of you that you were standing firm in one spirit, in one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, <clears throat> and not frightened by anything of your opponent, uh, opponents, but a clear sign and offering to them um, of your salvation. So, so we want to be, you know, in our manner of living, worthy of the gospel, a good example. Point number four, point number four, we are called to go, love has feet, Love has action. Mark 16, 14 through 16. Mark 16, 14 through 16. Mark 16, it says, afterwards, he appeared to the eleven themselves. And they were reclining at a table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. So this is to the disciples after he had died on the cross. And he said to them, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. We should go. We should, this, is the, you know, this is this go forth into the world. So it might mean that you go really far. It might mean that you go see your neighbor. Maybe ask yourself, how can I go? Where can I go? And whom can I go to? To start with, I would suggest that you go to your neighbor. But you might also find your family called to a faraway place. That said, you you can't tell your neighbor if you if you can't tell your neighbor about Christ, how effective will you be some other place? I wonder if sometimes we don't have a, a romanticized you know, sense of adventure and travel of missions before we are actually prepared to go. Are we more interested in the adventure than actually sharing the gospel? Are we looking uh, for, you know, this quest? Or do we really want to share the gospel? And I think we need to check our hearts. There's a great book on this called When, when Helping Hurts. When Helping Hurts. You want a really good book on missions that I have, it was recommended to me before I did some foreign missions, and, I, and I've uh, read parts of it. And it's just really good the idea of thinking through, what are we doing when we go do our missions? Do we, do we have because a, a lot of the things we do might not actually be helping. And it really helps us kind of think through some of those things. So it's not bad to go to faraway places. But we want to know that God is sending us and that we are being obedient to him and that we're not just doing it for the adventure of it. I could be that person, you know. I loved, I took some mission trips to Thailand. I love just, you know, the adventure and the looking around, seeing something different. But this is not really meant to be my vacation. It's kind of like a purpose here. So we want to think through that. And and I think the other theme through that is are we telling our neighbors down the street? Because let me tell you, there is a lot of people around here that need Christ. Is there not? That's one thing I've learned as a fireman. You see the needs. You see the poor people. There's people that live in places that are are about as bad as some of the places you would see in a third world country. Maybe worse if you consider how much snow we get. So there's plenty of need here. There's tons of need. There's tons of really poor people around the block. Just pick a back road. Maybe not in New York. Come to Pennsylvania. I don't know, but there's a lot of need. And and so look for ways to, to reach out to those people. We should become like Christ, not more like the world. We do not need to be more like the world to reach the world. This is important because our, our society is kind of changes. as well. If you become like us, then we'll like you, and then this will all be nice. You know. But that's not, that's, not the, that's not the goal here. We want to be in the world, but not of the world. We have eternal hope. I bring this up because it seems like many are turning to the world for answers. we are turning to the world for answers. It's supposed to be the other way around. Is tempting to compromise in order to reach our neighbor. But if we compromise to reach our neighbor, we compromise the entire mission and ultimately have nothing to offer our neighbor when we get there. Our Our message is invalidated by our disobedience. Our neighbor doesn't need cool programs. They don't need our trendy houses. They don't need to see our selfies. They need Christ. They need Christ. All those things might be fine. But we we can't leave Christ out of the mission. John 17, Jesus prays to his Father from heaven and he talks about how there will be a division between those that follow the world and Christians. John 17, I would encourage you to read John 17. It really talks through some of the the conflict that's going to be there. But I tell you what, I, I have found so many people so receptive to the gospel when we go out of our way to really love, love them and care about them and think about others before ourselves, our, especially our communities, our local communities. They, they really love it. They really do. They really do. <clears throat> okay. Here's a couple ways that could, could keep us from reaching our neighbor. Maybe you relate to these. Number one, embarrassment. We don't want to be an embarrassment by speaking about God. Offensive. We don't want to offend our neighbor by speaking to them about God. Time. We don't want to take the time to stop and explain the gospel to our neighbor. Doubt. We don't think the gospel will actually help our neighbor. I think there's a lot of it, right? So I wrote this little analogy. If milk was on sale for five cents, a, five cents off a gallon, it's like Mingies. guess what? Milk is off five cents a gallon. They're like, really? You you just stopped to tell me about milk being off five cents a gallon. What's the big deal, right? But if I said milk is free right now, then how much differently would you accept that? So if you believe that the gospel is like five cents off, then you're not going to want to share it. It's not even affecting your life. But if you believe that the gospel is like like free milk, which I don't know if that's a good comparison or not. But if, but if it's, it's something that you really believe would be a blessing, then that confidence goes a long ways. You know, if you have this guy trying to tell you about something and you realize they don't even believe in it, then it really takes something out of it. So that comes from a fruit of abiding in Christ. The more we abide in Christ, the more we understand what hope we have in him and that confidence to go and share it to our neighbor. And we see this in people. Some people, I think, have a real gift for evangelism this way, and just an exuberance to, to explain the gospel and to share it with people without, without um, you know, difficulty. <clears throat> Difficult. My neighbor doesn't like me. I don't want to go talk to my neighbor because he doesn't like me. Well, you might ask why he doesn't like you. Now, sometimes there are those rifts that happen. I remember way back in the day, uh, we had a neighbor, and he came over, and he was cleaning up his his line, you know, and part of our garden was across his line, and part of it, like, wasn't, but he, like, scooped it all up and, like, put it in a pile. My parents are like, really? You know, that was, we couldn't talk about this, so, but my dad actually gave him the last, one of the last things of strawberries that we had from the strawberries that were now destroyed, and, uh and, you know, I think later in his life, when he was passing away, they had an opportunity to go and to speak with him. There's there's ways we can't just get offended over strawberries. We have to go past that. It might mean that our strawberries get get torched in the process. Verses that support this loving our neighbor Matthew twenty two thirty six through forty. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment, and the second is like it, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. These two commandments depend a whole law of the prophets. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. We have quite the commission here. We have quite the gift through the gospel. It is our opportunity to go and to share this with other people. But we have to be careful that we don't miss the point. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. Matthew 19, 16 through 22. The rich young ruler. Think about this. Matthew 19, 16 through 22. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, uh, why, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. And if you would enter eternal, uh, enter life, keep his commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And on and on. And the young man said, I've kept all these. I've, I've done it. What do I lack? He said to him, you would be perfect. Go. Sell what possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. And the young man heard and went his sorrowful way for he had great possessions. What was wrong? In his... Defense in the young man's defense, he never turned and said, Dear Lord, but I love you and I will do anything for you. When he got down to the, if if you love me, follow me. Couldn't do it. We could be like this. We could look so good, but not have the gospel and not be truly loving Christ and not be following him be like this and and go our sorrowful way i keep thinking of this song my hope is built on nothing less my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on jesus name so what do we do we pray for christ to help us to abide in him through the holy spirit This passage says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So what do we ask? We ask that we will have a relationship with Christ, that God will work in us and and love us and shape us and mold us that we may be more like him and abide in him and understand his love. Because when we do that, we know the fruit of the Spirit is what? Is love. And you will not be able to help reaching your neighbor for Christ if your relationship with Christ abounds. I'll end with this verse, John 17, 21 through 23. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe. That the world may believe. We do want the world to believe that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one and in him and you and me and they have become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you have loved me. We've seen this in the Father. We've seen this in the Son. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us get it done. So let us do that. Let us go from this place, worshiping Christ, knowing Christ, finding our hope in Christ, and then as we do that, the fruit of reaching our neighbor, it will come. Because it's a fruit. It's not our will, but His will be done.